You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. (laughs) And welcome to another episode with Carissa and I back together. Uh, She's probably thinking why you're saying that, but so we'll be dropping a little later. I hadn't told you this, Rissy. It'll be happening Ah. (laughs) in about a week because Ah. uh, the listeners will be listening to one with myself and Mel beforehand, which will finalize up our focus on childhood nutrition month so you would have heard some different voices but Carissa and I are back together (laughs) and today we're discussing a topic that we get asked all the time in clinic and that is how to motivate your loved ones to be healthy (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I feel like we get asked this all the time in clinic but we also live this all the time in our own lives (laughs) that's so true that's why I was laughing when you said that topic through as an option. I'm <laughs> just like, if you had have heard the conversations I've had this week with Mick, my sister, and most of my clients, like this is the topic <laughs> of the freaking week. <laughs> you did, you did answer me in cap. <laughs> Good fucking topics. Straight <laughs> up, though, it is. Oh, it is. Look, we get. We get asked this a lot by our clients. It's it's, it's funny. It's often a uh, question on the end of a consultation. If they mm. feel they can squeeze it in, they'll be like, oh, just before we go, my husband or my kids or my sister, it's often just wanting some advice. I want them to do X, Y, Z. I want them to like start eating this way or doing some exercise with me and often looking for that little bit of extra advice. So we thought it's a really good topic. And as Carissa said, it's something that we deal with in our own lives because we mm. do eat well and take ourselves and then the people that you love around you, you're obviously for us thinking about, well, we want you to too. We want you to do all of these things. And it's not so simple. <laughs> it's definitely not simple. I think, um, I, I think we could like, we're obviously going to turn this into a podcast, but I was thinking like, the simple answer to this is you don't motivate them. They have to motivate themselves and yeah, case closed. Totally <laughs> that's, the end. that's basically all I have to say about it. <laughs> However, <laughs> oh, because I think too, like it's so hard when it's people you love and you care about and you know that like you're like, oh, gosh, you and I, like we, I feel like I've been going through this uh, most of my life. Like, and I'm not saying I'm, I know we say this all the time. We're not sitting on the other side of the fence or or up on some pedestal saying we're perfect and we get everything right at all. But it's just sometimes when you know, know as much as we sort of know and you can see that for people you love, if you could just get them to change these few simple things, how different life Mm. could be or how different some symptoms could be. But sometimes it's, it's not an easy thing. And it's, it's, I'm going to say it's, it's even probably harder for us as practitioners because we, Mm. we have the knowledge base to actually be able to give someone really accurate advice and someone you love really close, really accurate and like potentially life-changing or transformation advice. 
And if they don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's so true. I actually hadn't <laughs> thought about it that right that way, but you're true as far as like the more knowledge you have. Um, yeah. Yeah, the more frustrating it can be. I actually was. Yeah. There's something we talk about all the time in clinic, but mm. I was also, it came to my mind, sort of forefront of my mind from the podcast that I've been listening to, Heaches size training podcast and mm. just hearing those guys talking about how they tackle it like obviously they're, they're just kind of leaders in their field but just with their family members <laughs> and wanting to try and yeah. motivate them and see them take care of themselves particularly their parents who are aging so yeah best area which is honestly as you said the most crucial area with everything is why self-motivation is critical so yeah. the first thing I will always say to a client or anyone that I want my husband to do this or how do I blah, blah, blah for whoever it is, is, that person needs to want to make some form of change for themselves. Yeah, if someone doesn't want to, if they don't have any form desire to make change then it's like pushing shit uphill <laughs> like you just <laughs> you are fighting a and I have definitely learned this even in my own yeah. life as I'm sure you have yeah yeah I think it's funny too like you you would think and I I have actually had a had a lot this conversation with a lot of clients because I think from like it, so we'll take it from our perspective versus our client's perspective. I think a lot of people would expect us to be maybe quite pushy with our loved ones. Um, and this is what this is what I this is what I, I guess I I found interesting from a lot of my clients is that they expect they would expect me with the knowledge base that I have, but also I'm quite forthcoming with information and I have no issues not saying something. Like I'm not a, like if I feel like I need something needs to be said, I have no drama saying it. However, with my family and my and Mick, my loved one, but also my, my family, my friends, I actually offer no fucking advice at all. I do not. <laughs> I just don't. Because, because when I was in my early 20s and I was so passionate about this area and I just wanted to preach from the fucking mountaintops the stuff I was learning, I learned really quickly exactly what you were just saying, that <laughs> some people don't want to hear it. Yeah. Some people are interested, but that's all. That's where their level of understanding or want to understand stops. Um, some people are really, really interested, but not motivated. Um, but you just you can give out so much information and so much of your energy and time. And if people aren't wanting to receive that, then you learn very quickly that it's not that it's a waste of your time. But sometimes your opinions are best kept to yourself. Mm-hmm. But definitely, as I've gone, I've finished my degree and gone into practice, and now I do feel like I've even got a more acquired skill set to help people unless people ask my help I do not offer advice <laughs> I just don't <laughs> However, no, I'm with I, you. like so my partner and a lot of people in my family <laughs> are the complete probably the opposite of what people expect them to be with someone like yeah, me in their yeah. life and I'm so fine with that because I fucking love them the way they are and when they when the, and they know when they want my advice or they want a hand with something they can come and ask me but if they don't ask I really don't offer advice in this space. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know for and clients and stuff it's a bit different. <laughs> well, it like it, it is that sort of level of what we would have to pass <laughs> on and 
knowing when to st- and yeah, essentially when to stand back. Um, yeah. I totally agree. Like you learn, you learn very quickly. It's not worth the stand on the, you know, like you said, and, and preach what you know and try and convert the people around you that way. It just simply doesn't work. Um, for a general person listening, I think it's still important to acknowledge that. Like, because most people yeah. who are wanting to inspire people around them, they've got like that feeling that we have to a degree, that feeling of knowing, oh, I feel so good. Like when I eat like this, I can feel the difference and I can't believe how much this has changed my health. And if they've got people around them that aren't healthy or are feeling unwell or say they've got just some gut issues, they can just be so excited about the fact that they could help them feel better mm. and show them and, and make this connection for them and, you know, grab their hand and lead. And as we're saying, if that person doesn't want to, they're just simply not going to do it. You just could talk to your blue in the face. Like you, yeah. you, there has to be some form of spark. There has to be some form of interest and it doesn't have to be, there's got to be no. something for us to work with. And that's something yeah. that, yeah, that, that is the most crucial element in all of this. And that's what we will say to clients, particularly particularly wanting to book their partner or kids or yeah, whoever it agreed. is in or a friend. Like we, Carissa and I have learned this day two over many years where clients have mm. said this and they've booked them in sitting there and you can tell they don't want to be there. So nah. we will say to these clients, like, don't honestly – don't even bother unless that person wants to sit in that chair because yeah. you'll waste and your money and you will piss them off. Yeah, and it's it's not like anyone listening, like we don't mean that in a don't book your partners in because we don't want to see them kind of way. Like, we genuinely <laughs> <laughs> just listen to the way that came. Don't even bother. That was don't hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mean it like that. We, we genuinely would love to help your husband or your wife or your, your partner or your, your daughter or your son or your best friend, we freaking would, but they have mm. to want to help they themselves to. as well. Yeah. They have to because it's it's purely too, like it's it's an expense to come and see a practitioner course, in any field. Yeah. But also, yeah, I think the biggest thing beyond that too and probably what you've learned, and I know we were going to talk about this, but it flows really nicely on from this, is that what I've learned over the years, and I know you're the same because we've talked about this as well, is that... I just really, I'm very selfish (laughs) and I just purely worry about what I'm doing a lot of the time. Like I'm not going to say the things that other people that I love and I know this is how a lot of our clients feel as well. I'm not going to say when I watch people make really, you know, what I would call shitty choices with their health or shitty choices with their exercise or lifestyle that it doesn't impact me because it does and I get really stressed about people that I love a lot of the time. It it really Mm. stresses me out. But I've, I've really come to a place where I can really only control what I'm doing with my health. Um, and this is what I say to my clients as well. Like the best thing you can do is look after yourself, look after the people that need you to look after them, like the younger kids and things like that, and be, mm. and be the person that's there for someone to come to when they want to come to. If you have that level of knowledge or that, that baseline advice that you can help someone with, but just do it yourself. And when people see you doing well and being happy or moving your body every day, that's I feel like that works better like that's I feel like more of an opening and a segue like I know I know even um like what's a really good example in our family like drinking's probably drinking's probably a good one because I know like my family like everyone loves a drink and like I know for me sometimes like when 
we're somewhere and I don't talk around and go, oh, I haven't, I'm not drinking during the week and I haven't been drinking. Like, I don't run around and boast about it. But if someone, someone's like, oh, why are you having that, that premix thing? I think, oh, I'm, I'm just not drinking much at the moment. And then that will open up a conversation. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to me toting that yeah. I'm, yeah, toting that I'm not drinking at the moment and blah, blah, you know what I mean? It's just, or like, I don't go around and go, I'm, I'm going on a hike every weekend or something like that. Like my brother comes around, he's like, oh, you look like you're, you're in good shape, Rissy or something. And I'm like, yeah, I've been walking every week. And he's like, oh, good on you. What are you doing? And it just opens up a conversation. So yeah. I think that is a much better way for anyone listening to come at it sometimes is that like, not lead by example, but it is lead by example. Hey, well, like, yeah, it totally is. Yeah, no, you're right. It's sort of, it's literally the next point I think that rolls onto this, oh, yes. this is, is, is that concept of leading by example, because yeah. when, when you, when you see something that you want as an want. outsider, it becomes something that you want to aspire to or um, figure out how to get to that point whether it is mm. health space if if you are your own say gut issues or you're feeling really like lethargic and and run down all the time and someone who's close around you is making change their life and they're bouncing off the walls with energy out of bed easy they're moving their body easy they are going from talking about having gut issues and feeling bloated and horrible and just now feeling great. Like there's nothing more inspiring than that when you see that. And like just instead of trying to preach to just be in your own skin and do what's right for you, mm. it only it naturally people will look at you um, external people that love you and around you a lot it's really hard for them not to be influenced by that and it's definitely I think the other major these two playing to each other so well um of how to instigate change for others is to mm. be that actually is doing what be you're doing change. as you said it's like <laughs> you're be being it's change. like innately that good selfish right like it's mm. like I'm taking care of myself and whoever is uh, influenced by that or gravitates and starts to ask, ask those questions, then I will share. Then I will open up. And mm. I know I, with family, that's been the biggest one. I, mm. like you, just I remember when I first was stuck clinic like I just wanted to sit my parents down I'm like right we're going to do a consultation and we're going to do blah 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 like see, we're just tolerating it just because yeah, I was her daughter and same with my sister <laughs> I was just like okay let's do all these things and I was just like oh my god but over the years I yeah. just as you're saying just I just do but they gravitate yeah. back to me because they see that I'm feeling well and they see that yeah. I have changes with my own health and Families are often families deal with the same issues. So, yeah. for me, with my sister and um, maybe also with my mum, like there was a lot of things. So, as they could see mm. me getting gains, they were like, Jess, what are you doing? Tell me more about that. What should I yeah. do? What are your thoughts on this? And then, when someone asks those questions, like, you know, when you hear the right someone can tell you the same thing over and over again and then the right person says it at the right time right and time. finally it Agreed. just goes and you get it. It's like Agreed. that. <laughs> yeah, 100% agreed. Like 
I um I even had something and it was just a pure example of when someone's not ready to hear it but sometimes you just say something like just as nutritionists just some even just the blanket advice which I'm really good at not giving but here's just a perfect example of the complete opposite is that um like my little nephew's been getting like quite a bit of eczema and I didn't realize like I know he has some gut issues already and stuff like that but they were over a couple of weeks ago and I and Andy like picked him up and I could see up his shirt I'm like oh what's going on with his gut and she's like oh he's got eczema I'm like oh does he have eczema so my brother's got and for every everyone nutrition wise that listens to this like my brother's got asthma um he's on he's on a ventil and puffer asthma and eczema go hand in hand my niece has got allergies like there's there's lots of stuff but I've been through all of that as well well not not asthma obviously um but anyway and so stupidly I said oh I said how long has he been getting eczema for and on Trent goes my brother he goes oh he's had it on and off for a while mate I'm like does it, does it get quite bad and Trent's like yeah he gets it right up his back the poor little dude and everything and I'm like oh you might need to pull him off dairy straight up shouldn't have said that like because I just said yeah, just yeah. general conversation and Andy <laughs> turns around and goes no kid of mine's going on a diet. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Not ready to hear it yet. However, <laughs> but it was just funny, like how quickly you can get shut down by your own family, but um, <laughs> just so quickly. <laughs> but yeah, but I do agree. Like there's times where like I know, and especially with, especially I think too, like you're so right with, with females in your family and stuff especially like because even your cousins and sisters and stuff like our family's really close I know you guys are all really close and you do like you have conversations about a lot of things but I know over the years too like I'll be doing something and one of my like Hull or Jess my cousins or my sister same thing will come to me and they're like what are you doing and I'm like oh I'm just doing x Mm. y and z and they're like oh cool and it's too sometimes it's Sometimes they only want a bite-sized piece of information and sometimes they want to know the whole deal. So it's also gauging that as your loved one is ready and does approach you, like how much are they willing to take on? Mick's a really good example. I don't know what, I'm sure Hubbard's the same in the sense that they, well, Mick will definitely take certain things and he's really keen to learn about health and stuff. And that's what he's always said to me. He's like, you've always got energy, you're always pretty happy. Like you, you put so much time into your food. He doesn't want to know how to cook an extravaganza but he definitely want he's always since we got together wanted to know about protein and carbs and how to balance meals like he's he's interested mm-hmm. in that real baseline stuff just because he's like well you exercise and you eat well and you work hard and he's like and you're not you're rarely tired and all that kind of stuff he's like how do you get so much out of your body and that's what he wants because mm-hmm. that work could work well for him so yeah it's just working I guess like to the right information to deliver and how much of it <laughs> Yeah. In one yeah, but hit. That, that again, that's a perfect example of learning by osmosis, let's even call it, like by him being around <laughs> you, down his throat. And I'd say, yeah. like, Damien's the same the whole time we've been together. Like, if I think about what he knows just naturally now about mm. health and nutrition and how to eat, um, it's just talking. And just naturally, yeah. like, what how I'll hear him talk about food or what he might eat. Although he's ironically so probably funny the, when they talk the, to other people. <laughs> thinking it's ironic because it's kind of the um, other part of what we started with as far as people needing to be motivated. And they're at that, sometimes they get that excited stage where it's like, let me tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to fix everything. Like yeah. they're more likely to tell some um, random person, oh, you need to stop eating dairy. <laughs> yeah. Mick will but tell me the conversation. That... Oh, sorry. No, you're right. I was just going to say like, same thing, Mick, like if I've, 
if Mick's learned something from the way I cook or the way I do things or recovery around training and food around training and stuff like that, he'll then go tell the guys at work. Like, so he's all of a sudden got this authority yeah. about it and he's this knowledgeable guy in the space. But then sometimes he'll come back and tell me the conversation. I'm like, you didn't actually get that right. And now I sound like a fuckwit. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> he'll tell me what he said. But I'm like, you're close enough, babe. And they probably went, same thing, like he's in that, oh, I know about this so I can talk about it. (laughs) Just like, please don't go and repeat stuff from me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Um, Yeah, so they they essentially work together, these two different, that innate want to do something, but also how you can influence someone so strongly anyway by just living your and them learning from you and not being yeah. one that wants other people to change and to feel better. They will do that to a point from just being around you. It's very hard as we're yeah. just even highlighting with our own partners to live with someone for so long and for them to not sort of naturally, slowly learn from you. Um, yeah. as, but, you know, at the sa- in the same breath, you can't also expect to just shove down their throat additional yeah. change that they're not interested in. Um, I think another good one too, like the lead by in the lead by example space though too, is what I've done a lot with even like Mick and my family members and like my like my parents and when we go camping is I actually don't again don't offer any information in the space, but I will purposely take on a role that allows me to show x y and z if that makes sense so let's just use let's use camping for example like because we share a lot of the cooking when we go as families and couples and things like that and obviously it's a running joke about me being gluten-free when we're camping (laughs) everyone will bring their extra gluten containing white bread just to show me (laughs) but but like I will I make a point of being like well you guys do your dinner one night and they will 100% accommodate gluten-free for me or just let me know what they're cooking so I can bring if we need bread or we need if it's carb the carb on that is gluten containing I can bring something else so there's always there's always work around it but I love being able to put on a platter put on um, a meal at night do a breakfast and when we're cooking for everyone mine will always be gluten-free and everyone still enjoys it so I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a little bit of a uh, a way to just bring people around. Like if you naturally feel like, for example, your partner's got some gut issues and you feel like they probably would be better off gluten, but they're not ready to take on a gluten-free lifestyle or trial it at the moment, but you know that they probably could feel better if, or dairy, for example, something like that. Like what I've done with Mick is Mick has, um, when we first got together, he's always had really bad, bad reflux and heartburn. He was on Nexium just never knew that there was really any other way um and it wasn't until I never said to him you need to go off gluten I said you could try reducing these things but obviously con typical like tradie lifestyle like you know even though he's in the office and stuff like they the boys eat shit like even the boys in the office eat shit like they're and that's what I said to him so I said look I'm not going to force this down your throat I don't give a fuck if you go and have a sandwich from time to time I don't give a fuck if you have a chicken snitchel on a pie like I don't care but what I'm going to (laughs) do And he wouldn't, he's naturally, naturally gravitates towards healthier foods than his mates anyway, because he's, he's pretty weight conscious and he likes to exercise and things like that. But what I've done is because I eat gluten-free, like 
I will make sure his breakfast is always gluten-free if we're doing breakfast together. But also too, mm. just and talk about protein requirements for someone his size. Like he needs to be, he eats less from a calorie intake than what I do. So rather than me like stress over that and lecture him about it, what I'll do is I'll give him a run of days eating how I eat. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this for you because I just want you tell me if you feel any better. Totally fine if you don't, don't really mind if you don't like it, but let's do smoothies and banana bread for breakfast and I'll write us a menu and then lunches I'll actually pack and it'll be chicken rice sounds like very bodybuilder thing but like grilled chicken rice some veggies <laughs> or a salad or something like that doesn't chicken rice and broccoli but you know I get give him macro balanced meals yeah. just for four days like this is what we did early on in the piece just for four days instead of him getting up training living on caffeine and a protein shake mm. and running on that till two o'clock in the afternoon and then maybe having a cheese and crackers and coming home and having a rum and a box of fucking cheesels like, let me just feed you for four days. <laughs> Let's see how different you feel. And it's chalk and cheese. And that's what he says to me. He's like, when, when I eat how I know I should eat now, he's like, I'm so much more focused at work. Difference. I have, mm. it's, yeah. And so it's, it's not about me going, you have to do this. I'm like, here's how you can feel. And I don't even phrase it like that. I just make it for him and go, just let yeah. me know if this works for you, babe. Because if it does, then yeah. I really think you could get so much more out of your work day and your training just by mm-hmm. adopting some of these habits. And I'm happy to help out. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. So sometimes it's how you go about it too. I find really makes a difference. So, so true. So um, the other area that we wanted to cover was when you are making changes and this, this anyone, but I think it's really critical for someone who is new to making changes and perhaps out of the first two, they've expressed a bit of interest. They're seeing achieving what you're achieving. Like Chris is explaining with Mick, you know, they're asking questions. I want to make sure the changes that someone are making are really slow and progressive building changes. You will absolutely push someone away if you expect <laughs> I mean, and do everything all at once. So as Chris is explaining and her, you know, like creating, I mean, you've probably gone that extra mile with like out in that aspect but essentially like making smaller changes like looking at someone having a bit more protein or a little bit more of this and building it into their repertoire eyes and you're wanting to get someone moving it might be how about you just come with me Mm. um once a week um or as opposed to let's start hitting the gym together. Um, I certainly yeah. learnt this one the hard way <laughs> with Damien and with exercise. When we were first together, I wanted him to come to the gym with me. <laughs> we worked out together and which actually there's another bit more of the story that we'll, I'll talk about, which comes to another point a little later. But I... Nothing. I was like, let's go to the gym. Let's like smash out some weights. And I didn't really think about it at that point. And we just went and he just was doing what I was doing. And I guess I was pushing him to mount like that felt right for him. And he just hated it. Like he just, see, we didn't want to go to the gym in the first place. And then when we, instead of just taking it like maybe once easy. a week and being easy about it and <laughs> thinking how to grow- I went a hundred percent and he was just sucks. Like I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
you know, and food, food and nutrition can be the same way. If you think that someone Mm. would be better off gluten free or avoiding gluten, as Krista was saying, encourage how that might happen at home, which is the same in our household. Like we naturally eat um, gluten free and generally dairy free. Well, I do. And then that naturally influences what Damien eats, but don't try and push someone straight into like a full gluten-free diet. Start with gradual changes because you will some look there people out there, but that's a whole nother discussion about how that can be dangerous in its own (laughs) right. (laughs) Another podcast, but generally if you push someone too far to just go, no, this is too much. And they'll just be like, no, I'm out. So You have to make progressive change. And it's what we do with our clients, but particularly with someone new, don't go in hammer and tong because it just won't work. It just won't work. And yeah, I I know like, um, yeah, 100% agreed with that. Like I know even with the exercise side of things, like um, I've actually, (laughs) again, complete opposite to Damien. I have spent, I've finally cracked him but I've spent ages trying to get Mick to learn to train less. So Mick is one of those. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. So he was, he is a ser- He was when we got together a serial six to seven days a week going to the gym, like yep. weights, cardio, like hour, hour and a half session with not enough nutrition to support that. Um, constantly stressed out, tired at work. You know what I mean? Like just so trying to teach him to dial it back and relax has been a big thing um which COVID kind of helped a bit which was good um because he started to realize that he was flogging his body too much Mm. and that's and but yeah but I couldn't I remember saying to him when we first got together I'm like you're training too much like you're not eating enough you're training too much like you're actually doing yourself damage and it was just falling on deaf ears but it wasn't until like he COVID kind of forced it and he couldn't he bought a gym for home and trained at home but we got him having got him. Oh, we I got him having some rest days, and just I think too from a psychological point of view, feel, letting him feel okay about having a rest day, like it was like, which I know we talk to a lot of our clients about, but it's really interesting when it's. I think because we work so much in the female space, we see this a lot with women that women struggle to rest. Um, but I know that there's I've had chats with lots of my female clients, and they've got partners that are similar in a sense too. Like they're just always got to be doing something. <laughs> So again, this goes beyond the food and all of that. Like there's just having okay with being okay with having a rest day, not having to flog yourself to count, count it as exercise. Like just get up and go for a walk. So now like a couple of mornings a week, like Mick doesn't go to the gym and I just get him out of bed at five. I'm like, we're going for a walk, but he's still on the mission. And I'm like, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like, yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> it is. And I think again, to relate this to listeners and in client space, when they're making those changes themselves really a couple of months in and they're just feeling so amazing. It's often, I think a lot of the time, like their partners, then that often can be that they're just like, Oh, I just want them to, you know, feel this way. And they, you know, they eat, eat this food and they should be eating this and they should be eating that. And excited they want them they want to jump on in they just want them to eat exactly the way that they're eating so it's all about income of slow progressive change and again leading by and don't force it down their throat but all all of these different um points that we're making the beauty of them is that they do work they will slowly slowly work so yeah 
yeah, we can't we can't recommend them enough. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that brings us on to something that flows perfectly comes to making these changes for the people in your life and the people that you love what we want to is also tap into what they enjoy so yeah my example of my husband with the gym was a bad idea because he hated the gym to start with like if, if i want him to exercise more get him to go to the gym what i need to think about is what does he enjoy what enjoy and that for us might be or is going for bushwalks together until Mm. it's really steep and then I get lots of abuse (laughs) (laughs) but the same with food so do the people whether it's your partner or your do they enjoy and how can you lean into that more and we do this in consult all the time so we have of course, a way that we want people to generally eat and different ideas and patterns of meals, but we'll lean into what do you like? So if we've got some love smoothies for breakfast or loves loves a really good salad or there's someone that loves mm. to bring out the slow cooker, we'll lean into that. And the same if you're trying to make progressive change with people in your life, what do they like to eat? So if mm. they're enjoys a smoothie or kind of leans towards buying a I don't know maybe they love buying a thick shake or something like that from McDonald's <laughs> yeah. might be like hey let's um let's make something at home like I reckon you let's give this a whirl or if it's your kids like think about how you can gravitate towards what they already like and how you can make little changes there yeah agreed definitely and I know too like for uh, our female listeners who are thinking about how they can let's just say for example, like reduce like gluten or dairy in their partner's life, but their partners are big meat eaters. Like just, you know, I think that's a really common one. I'm like, well, you can still do meat and veggies really healthy. It's just without gluten or, you know, so you can still do like, um, you can still do like exactly like slow cooker meals and stuff. Like I think too, sometimes with partners and if we're dealing with male partners, the, the stereotypical attachment is that if their wives or their partners want them to be healthier, that it's all just salad leaves and fucking Mm. rabbit food. And that's not the case. And I think that's really interesting as well because what I've definitely learned with Mick, because Mick's very open to, to trying anything, is that he's like, oh, I can actually be really healthy and still eat like a bloke or, you know what I mean, which I find really interesting. Um, Or I can still be healthy and eat a lot of food or eat x y and z and you know and i think that's i think that's a really interesting thing too with what you're saying just lean into what naturally they gravitate to but just change it into a healthier version and that's actually Mm -hmm. usually quite easy to do and people aren't starving and they can still like even for example if you've got someone who loves a meat pie and chips for dinner or something like that do a shepherd's pie loaded with veggies and chips on the side they're still getting their they're still getting their you know mash and potato sort of hit there's still there's so many ways that if you if you just get a bit creative too sometimes you don't even have to announce it just do it subtly whack it on the table or pop it in the lunchbox and (laughs) exactly right (laughs) yeah Yeah. like I know yeah so I think that's that's yeah it's such a good point just and same with same with exercise like you made me think of um 
when Mick and I first got together, we had a similar story, but the opposite, like, because Mick was such a gym junkie and I, I'm such a, like a hiker and out in the bush person. One of our first walks I took him on was Mount Warning. Oh, no. <laughs> but I also I've made Jamie him... do that too. Yeah. <laughs> the, the biggest mistake was we camped out overnight beforehand. So, but I invited my cousins and my sister and so we ended up having quite a big night on the piss the night before. I went to bed about, I think, like 9 o'clock, but I definitely had a couple of drinks. But everyone else stayed up drinking till like, oh, gosh, like, I don't know, maybe like over midnight. At the base, there's a campground there with a fire and stuff. No one else was coming on the hike. Everyone else had already blanketly said, we are not doing that hike. My sister's done it with me before and she nearly spewed. Um, <laughs> but poor Mick didn't know what he was in for. And he's just, you know, got rose-coloured glasses because we've just gotten together. And I'm like, yeah, babe, don't I'll take you on a hike. It's so much better than just smashing yourself out at the gym. But stupid mistake. I nearly killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he never let me live it down like my sister had done it and she got up in the morning she's like are you seriously going on that hike still Mick and Mick's like yeah she's like you're a fucking fool <laughs> she said to him. Mick's like no I'll be fine I'm pretty fit and I'm like I, I should have warned him he's not like that kind of cardio yeah, fit, it's a different type yeah different type Jess and James my cousin and her husband they were just laughing they're just like <laughs> not a chance James is like up there no way <laughs> Mount warning's Anyways. deceiving too out feeling like it's Stop. not that bad and then you're like yeah. committed and then it smashes you <laughs> yeah it's just it's a it's a slow it's a brutal and the stairs too because a lot of the parts of anyone who's done it will understand like it's not like just walking upstairs like the stairs can be really spaced apart then there's some really steep anyway I love it I've done it a few times but yeah Mick nearly died he made it but <laughs> I think he only made it purely because he wanted us to stay together <laughs> <laughs> can't fail in her eyes <laughs> <laughs> but I never I didn't live that down for ages he wouldn't come on a hike or a, a long walk with me for ages after that so it's wow. probably it's yep. a, yeah good good example of um smaller baby <laughs> what not steps. to do small baby steps yeah <laughs> let's walk around the block babe we'll start with the block <laughs> now the last area which I thought was probably going to be filled with some stories too and definitely needs to be discussed is the concept of when you're wanting someone to make change is anything from like a reward-based system to system to even <laughs> bordering on Damien mentioned this bribery and blackmail. <laughs> so particularly when there's kids involved and family can be really a kind of attractive to leaning into this and going maybe if I just I can imagine with kids too you know like maybe yep. if I just say well if you don't eat this or this, we don't make these changes you're not going to get xyz um mm. which is probably the dream end which I would definitely say wouldn't be the ideal scenario because that's setting up a more negative feedback loop like someone I don't want to do that I'm going to I'll do it because I want this thing I'm not going to have, but they still associate like um, this negative mm. to that thing is it's between them and getting maybe their time on whatever it is as a kid. Like it's, it's not creating that desire for them to do it on their own. Um, no. But I do think there's a place for with adults and maybe with say in regard to how you could do a reward system, um, like the barter system, this is what Damien and I did and it worked for a while and then it backfired on me. <laughs> it, with the gym scenario I mentioned, we just 
to work out with me and he said well I'll work out if you make my breakfast in the morning because I was making my own breakfast and I was like I'm not I was like not like you I wasn't like make your breakfast like make your own breakfast but he's he's when particularly when we met his diet typical tradie pretty crap so not having breakfast so I was like all right I'll make you breakfast I'll whatever it was whether it was a quick smoothie or whatever um I will make you breakfast oh hang on maybe maybe I packed him his lunch I don't know it was something like that I'll do that but you'll come to gym with me so we had a pact and that's that was something that started for us and it worked for a while but my faith said I pushed too hard with the gym and he hated it (laughs) But as over the weeks, I got into the pattern before he pulled out of the gym of making, oh, making him lunches, lunch. <laughs> yes. and he was feeling better, and I was also really happy. I could see he was feeling better, and he was getting good habits. And as that sort mm. of nutritionist part of me, like I couldn't help it, like as far as that, like control of the food, doing the lunches, yeah. and he stopped coming to the gym. So it backfired on me, but I was kind of happy to kind. Of to keep doing that but I bring that up as an example because I think between two adults actually create some form of mutual yep. if again that person's ready to do it that might be a little bit more of an inspiration I don't know yeah I think between adults it's like it's to- like totally doable Mick and I have things like that like we we kind of menu plan our week now um and he's obviously happy for me to do the menu planning and the shopping. Um, we have we have one to two nights a week where he has to cook. That's part of that. Like I'm like, I don't mind feeding as healthy and being in charge of the food because I enjoy doing it as well, but I, I don't want to be resentful about it. Um, and I've had that conversation yeah. with him. Like I don't want to be, your, I don't want to feel like I'm your mother and I don't want to feel like I have to do this. And if I don't do this, you're just not going to take care of yourself. Like we've definitely had those conversations. Um, so part of our deal is that I do I do the menu planning for the week and I do the shopping, which is fine. Um, he has to cook two nights a week. Um, he doesn't always, but he's usually pretty good with it. We have it. We have like a what we call ice, like a slack night that might just be like an omelet or eggs on toast. We have one or two nights that is literally just like a, like a more vegan night, which is pretty easy because it's just usually some leftover stuff and we add some protein. But the he is in charge of cleaning the kitchen. Like I don't. So do you know what I mean? So I'll do lunches and and make our lunches and be in charge of food prep as long as he's happy to clean the kitchen so I can just sit down and chill up. You know what I mean? So we have like this little kitchen packed worked out and it, it works really like well for us. And look, we don't nail it all the time. Like I would say Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays when my clinic days are really hectic are the days that I'm like, cause I have to be so, cause I want to be so onto my food. I have to be, I want to be so onto my food for those days that our days are immaculate in terms of food. Mm-hmm. Mondays, we, I definitely smash out our smoothies and stuff, but depending on what we've done, Sunday will dictate what Mick does for lunch. But I'm going to say that over the four and a half years we've been together, he now, if, if I don't make, for example, I didn't do anything this morning because I was out walking bug and he had to go earlier and stuff. He made himself a smoothie. So mm-hmm. he, do you know what I mean? As opposed to like, he never used to do that yeah. um, because he would just have a coffee and just, or get up, have a shower, have, grab a coffee on the run and go and then probably not eat till one o'clock in the afternoon. Now, if he, 
if like we haven't got leftovers from dinner for lunches and that's what I say to him like you can go and buy shit food like I'm not your I'm not your mark like your Nazi looking over you but he now just chooses not to like he'll go and yeah. buy like yeah. an, an egg and lettuce sandwich or yeah. just something and he's like the other boys have gone and got Nando's or like KFC and chips or half chicken and chips and he's like oh, I just don't know how like and Mick never used to eat like that anyway he'd just not eat and live on caffeine but yeah like now he'll or he'll if the boys are all going out for Vietnamese there's a Vietnamese place and they're all getting like deep fried dumpling or whatever it is he'll just get like a beef stir fry with veggies and salad so he still makes the better choices now which I think is really good and I've never harped I've never harped on that I'm like you do you babe but you know but yeah so that's what I would say our barter system is around the food Mm. um exercise he's yeah I was just gonna say with like we're talking about that adult relationship but Mm. I also think even I think the key is and it's you sort of alluded to this is it's that open communication or having a bit of a discussion with it and I think you can do this with kids you could definitely with kids say look this is something that I'd really like you to do um you know let's have a chat about what this might look like I know it depends on the Mm. age of course but I can see that my sister does that to agree with my niece and my nephew as far as Mm. Certain, certain things food-wise that they know that they're allowed to have, but they're not allowed to have it too much. And there's been a discussion about, yeah. well, you know, you you can you can have your, I don't know, like your, your, your honey or your maple syrup on your pancake without, like that's, you know, the weekends, but on a bit of fruit and nut butter or something like mm-hmm. that. But yes, as a parent, like if there is can be this to the essential this is what you'll do. But I can see there's been a bit of a discussion about that and yeah. that they understand. So there's a, there's an element of a bit of a barter that happens yeah. with it. So I yeah. think it, I think it just needs to be a, like, conversation yeah. in your life about how that might work. But you've got to be bloody because it can backfire oh, and create negativity. So be so mindful of trying to yeah, I am um... in this space and probably not blackmail. <laughs> And black, definitely not black. It's so funny though because I look at like even my parents with my nieces, and this would have, this definitely would have happened when we were kids as well. It's definitely the um, the reward system style behavior. Like even when yeah. you've got the girls for dinner, like they want ice cream clearly because they're kids and it's sugar, and that these two freaking love sugar and have way too much of it. Um, not that I comment on that ever. <laughs> <laughs> But like, even if like, say we're all at mum and dad's and the girls just want ice cream and stuff like that. And they've barely touched their dinner. Like my mum's go-to is you can't have ice cream unless you finish a meal. Like mm-hmm. that's literally it. So they'll sit there and poke their food. <laughs> but like, I like for me, I don't have kids and I've never raised kids. And to be honest, like I haven't spent a lot of time with younger kids. So I actually don't know what the answer is with younger kids. I think... Like, but I'm glad like Kirst is doing stuff like that. Like I think that's mm. to have a, to have an adult conversation with younger kids, I think is a great idea. I know with older, like, and so the girls have kind of had that sort of thing happen since they were younger. So that's probably my only exposure. And a couple of my other girlfriends with kids around the same age, it's probably a little, some of them are just a flat out no, like you mm. will eat that sort of thing. So I don't actually know what the right thing is with young kids because I feel like, I just probably haven't been around it enough like to, Mm -hmm. but I know with older kids, like, and I do have a lot of clients who bring their daughters in or their sons. Like, I feel like you can like have very adult conversations with them, which I love. Absolutely. And and I think with 
them, I feel like it's maybe more even sometimes you just know you're planting a seed. They're, they're still going to be teenagers. They're still going to yeah. go and do what they want to do with their friends. And sometimes they are really good and they'll do 80% of what you say. Some, some of them might only do 20% of what you say. But I like to think if you just come at them on that even level, as, as a maybe it's harder being, obviously been harder being a parent because no child wants to listen to their parents a lot of the time. <laughs> but even as a practitioner, sometimes I'm like, we're just planting a seed. Like, yeah, that's it. here's the information, exactly. do with it what you will. Even those teenagers that we've seen come into the clinic that sort of goes right back to where we started when they've, you know, do they want to be there? We've both mm. teenagers that have been brought into the clinic and their body languages are like closed arms and you can tell they yeah. don't want to be there. Their parents have forced <laughs> them. But versus the ones that there is something. That yeah. Be there to a point. They're ready to make some form of change. Um, and it's like having that really open conversation with them about yeah. what that might look like and all of the points we've discussed. Um, we might yeah. even, maybe even in clinic without him realising it, we might set up certain rewards. Being like often with clients, if I'm wanting them to commit to say dairy free, I might break it down and go look a month to commit a hundred percent to this dairy free. So we can really get an idea of what's happening. And at the end of the month, if back in we will so it's kind of like there's a reward to create at the end as <laughs> far true. as like now oh, it's only four weeks I can do that and then when yeah. they get to the end there's like a reward of potentially having something back in their diet but that yeah. usually backfires because often we're right <laughs> yeah um I find that I find that a lot with alcohol as well when you're trying to say to someone yeah like, that's a good is, example like I'm just and especially if you know you need to do some gut work and you know you need them to not have a wine for three or four weeks just to see the difference and stuff like that mm. I definitely use it as a reward I, I'm so bad but I do I'm just like if you can just not drink for four weeks so I, I'm like at the end of it you can go and have a margarita or five I don't care but please just do the month <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I wouldn't say I'm perfect in the reward space. I definitely think I use things. So, oh, yeah, I, I feel like the I feel like the kids space would be so much harder though. Hey, like just yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like there's definitely going to yeah, be an element gosh. of parents just. And I discussed in the childhood nutrition podcast was just that yeah, healthy eating for kids and the relationships oh, the kids are developing with food, which great like talk about someone with lots of obviously experience and raising yeah. someone who's been um you know obviously from an infant right through to now young age teenager so mm. wisdom from her so yeah, anything I'm I actually, that's everything yeah no I was just gonna say I actually can't wait to listen to that podcast because I think it would be yeah it'd be so good it'd be so good to hear just too because like when you think about when we grew up like I definitely know like we were just do what you're told, eat what you're told. There's no, like, there wasn't really like, and if you don't, yeah, like you get your reward maybe. Yeah, I can't even, yeah, I just, I'm trying to think what, like what our parents did. Oh, it was 100% yeah, anyway. mostly that, which is what we yeah, talked about is such a huge problem yeah. <laughs> with us as adults now and our emotional relationships with food that we have because we've, yeah, system and we don't yeah. see food as food, whereas now are more savvy about that and they're yeah. creating relationships with food that are more about eating certain foods to feel stronger or to run faster or oh yeah yeah 
when you play. Like it's it's actually quite yes. groundbreaking when you think about it, the difference that it makes. So yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. Mm, good one. I can't wait to listen to that actually. Should we finish up with our record that as usual we probably haven't even thought about <laughs> Far out, Russell Square. Where that goes. Ah, I'm thought, looking around, well, look what inspires me. <laughs> something comes to mind but I, I actually have one um I've been using for on and off for ages but I've been using it again recently and I kind of forget about it. I'm like oh yeah so it's a magnet rub like an oil and it's called karma rub I different ones but I got this years ago I actually got it from Lynn when I used to work with Lynn who's a massage oh therapist. I know that I know the stuff you're talking about yeah yeah it's in a like blue bottle and it's an um oil that you rub directly into the muscles i um i really struggle like with on and off restless legs and oral magnesium helps but when i'm really been training particularly hard or had a stronger session particularly in my legs like i won't notice until i go to bed and it just drives me crazy so this karma rub but into the back of my calves and in up the back of my leg, whatever that muscle's called, I always forget. The one below your glutes <laughs> in the back. <laughs> um, I'll like just rub it bed. It, it feels a little tingly. Damien can't handle it. He reckons it burns, but I just think it's a weird tingle and then it just dissipates <laughs> slightly a little bit sticky in the sheets, but oh, difference. Like I just work so it's <laughs> Oh God! I've said the wrong thing. Sticky in the sheets. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? She's lost it. <laughs> the magnesium oil is sticky. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to keep my shit together, but I couldn't. Oh my God, that was so, so well said. <laughs> so if you get restless legs or like really um yeah sort of like tight legs from or anywhere in the body out or just generally give it a whirl so it's called karma rub we'll pop the link in the show notes i don't know if there's but, anything yeah, you I have ha- doesn't matter if you don't <laughs> i actually don't like no i actually i actually do not i'm just trying to think but i, I recommend nothing nah. i recommend nothing <laughs> Um, yeah, not at all. Um, no, nah, got nothing. I'm trying to think, but I literally don't have anything. <laughs> I haven't bought Chris anything new. I haven't a... been anywhere. <laughs> Chris is making us a Mexican feast next weekend when Ooh, I am yeah. very excited. So, How funny were my yeah. manic texts last night? <laughs> I was just like, because I was... <laughs> Because I was like saying to the girls, like, I'm going to do my, my Mexican mints and I was sussing out who's got what chili tolerance and stuff. And, um, and then, yeah, and then I was just like, I've been wrecking my head over the dairy element for you because I just don't think you can do tacos without the, like some form of like that sour cream, natural yogurt flavor to cut through. And I'm just trying to think what is the equivalent of that for you. And I just don't think that, and, but I did think after we said that I could do, go, we could do goat's cheese and you could just still have yeah. that, but I just don't know if it'll be enough. You well, know how when yeah, you're just like, I know you. Goat yogurt, like, or sheep yogurt, like the Meredith brand yeah. is pretty popular. Yeah, I don't. Well, you know, yeah. there's the new, another, well, huh, another recommendation. There's that new Vita soy, soy yogurt that's just come out. Um, they do a natural yogurt. I did. I bought a little mini tub just to see, and it's actually pretty good. 
It's pretty good. Could it pass? Like Could it pass as, as? Yeah, it's like the good thing about it is that it's sweetness of coconut yogurt. Like it's more yeah, that's like what a yogurty sourness to it. Um, and ingredients wise, it's heaps better than other soy yogurts that are on the market. Like mm. heaps, heaps better. So that's that's in the Vita soy. Yeah. One. I might actually try that this weekend. And if the flavor works, I'll do my taco mints. Because what I'm thinking is we've got a massive table upstairs. I'm going to do, do, do it at mum and dad's place because it's if it could be cooler so we can sit inside. And mum and dad have got it because they're still away traveling. So mum and dad have got a massive table and that we can sit like eight people around inside, which is really cool. So we can just put everything in the middle and people can just mix and make their own sort of mm. tacos or wraps and stuff. But, yeah, I also love chipotle chili with like a lime yogurt wrap as well. I'm just Yum. so torn. Like I just have, I have so many variations of Mexican that I can feed you guys and I don't want to like do it all and then do it all half ass. I want to just do one thing and do it well. But you're like me. Like we, we stress about these things because it's all the elements have to come together for everyone and if they don't, it's not okay. Like... so true. So true. It's all got to be perfect. I was yep, trying to explain to me. I was just like, I right, get it, get it. Yeah, you do. Like, so, so last night I had a kitchen tanty, um, which I think I was going to tell you this before we were on the podcast, but if anyone wants to hear about my kitchen tanties, I've had a few. Jess has them as well. Um, but it's all about when you, about. <laughs> when you put so much time into making something and then it doesn't work. Like, do you know what I mean? And then you get the shits in the kitchen. So this happened to me last night because I <laughs> was making something and then Mick decided to have a shower. So I had to stop the cooking process because it's a stir fry. It has to, you know, things have, elements have to happen at certain times. Um, and anyway, people, anyone who cooks a lot and chefs and all of that will get it anyway. So then because I had to stop the cooking process and restart it, it fucked with some of my elements of my meal. So I was really annoyed and Mick's like, I just don't understand why you get so upset about this. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> to the point where I didn't eat. Like I had a few mouths and I was so pissed off that my food didn't taste the way I wanted to. It mushed my salmon the wrong way. Like it was this beautiful salmon kind of veggie stir fry. Anyway, don't, it's just one of those things. I can't remember where I was going with that, but I had a little kitchen tanty, decided I wasn't even hungry, <laughs> went downstairs and then Mick's like, I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, you won't you understand because you don't eat. Exactly, but, you will never understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I'm just like when I get like that, I just have to have my moment. It's nothing against you. It's just purely that I spend so much time thinking about oh. the flavors, the texture of the like what what cooks at what time. So when you add certain things to certain dishes, and yeah. But anyway, that aside, I'm looking forward to cooking Mexican next week. <laughs> Me too. Good. Yes. So. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and yep. would love it as always if you could share it for us, uh, get us out there on your stories. We love, love, love seeing that. Love seeing where you're listening from too. Let us know. I'd love to know if you listening. Are you in Australia? Or are you international? Um, would be fab to see. But otherwise, um, if you would like to leave us a review, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. That'd be fantastic. Um, but otherwise, thanks heaps for listening and we will chat to you next time. Chat to you next time. <laughs>